We're back, baby. I dig records. Volume two coming at you. A podcast in collaboration with myself, Dan Cable presents, and my cuzzo, a man, Rob Bobby Grooves Grandfelts. The dude, the creator of Inside Voices Records. Um, we're coming at you with another edition of this this podcast that we are rebooting. And the idea behind it is that uh, Rob hits me with a record and I hit him with one. We, we both listen separately and then we come together on this podcast and uh and discuss it we talk some of our favorite moments from the record favorite tracks and uh anything else that gets sparked by by listening to these tunes last episode we did the cockatoo twins heaven or las vegas record and a record from a band called young jesus called the whole thing is just there so volume one is up. If you dig this episode, definitely encourage you to to go back and check out the previous one. And uh, this week, we are getting into a couple records, a couple short records that Knowledge did called Meek Volume 1 and Meek Volume 5. And then the other record that I have chosen for this uh, this week is Raylan Baxter's "Good Morning," which his his uh, his tribute record to the late Mac Miller. And uh, so we talk about that record, and definitely we dive into uh, Mac's catalog a bit as well so all that is to come here on volume two of i dig records um regular dan cable presents episodes still coming at you every friday which are um usually interview based with a uh, a musician or guest and uh those are those are coming at you every friday so don't forget to uh to tune into that i'll put all the links in the episode notes for uh, not only for Rob and I, but also for the uh, the artists that are featured on the episode, and uh, definitely check out all of Rob's music. I'll put all of his band links in the uh, the episode notes. High Pulp, Sun King, uh, the Blue Gleams. That'll all be there, as well as um, the link for Inside Voices Records. So check that all out. And uh, we are going to do the damn thing. I just want everybody to know that I dig records. I dig records, bro. I dig records, bro. (laughs) You go one, two, three, four, one. Clap on one. All right. One, two, three, four. Perfect.
There it is, baby. We're locked in. There it is, baby. We are locked I in. I dig records. To our house. The return. The return of the return. The second episode of the return. Yeah, volume two. We're coming at you. Um, I'm excited to get into this episode because I know how passionate you are about knowledge. Who is who we're going to talk about first. This, uh, these Meek Mill tapes that he is, uh, He's been working on the last few years. Last three um, three years, he's put out five of these uh, Meek tapes. Yeah, dude. It's crazy. I didn't know it went back as far as 2017, which is where we're going to start with Volume 1, which you said is uh, one of your favorites. Yeah, and they're all, they're all really great. Um, did you have a chance to check out any of the other ones? Uh, I only got a chance to check out a little bit of Volume 2, cool. which I thought had, like, some... There was some cool tracks on there, but nothing like Volume 1 and Volume 5 that we're going to get into, which is cool that they're they're so short that we're going to... Yeah, they're, we're they're gonna like get into, 10 to 15 minutes each. Yeah. Which is classic, very much knowledge, style. Um, yeah, man, I came across knowledge with you. Yeah. And I knew, I knew knowledge. That's why when I, we were at Music Millennium, probably in, it was when Hood Dreams came out. Um, Let's see when that came out. I mean, I think we're talking like five, five years ago or so. Yeah, this came, came out 2015. Yeah. May. So yeah, about five years ago, we were at Music Millennium and I saw the cover. Portland, Oregon. Yeah, Portland, Oregon. I saw the cover artwork. And I was like, knowledge has been on my list. And I've, he, I listened to him pretty, really passively, just like his name kept floating around. And I remember, because me and you do a lot of record shopping together. We've spent a lot of money that we shouldn't have spent together at record stores. And I was like, I was doing like a blind buy. You know what I mean? Usually you go to record stores and you're buying at least when you're like when you don't have much money and you know you want some records you're gonna get the records you know you want as opposed to taking some yeah the stuff on your list for sure and i was just like dude i'm just gonna buy this one i'm just gonna buy it blind and uh it wound up being such a huge huge i mean knowledge now for those last five years has been top five like in influence and and probably most listened to artists for me um huge influence on sun king and uh just like just everything i mean the dude is so prolific and i was reading some he did an interview with Bandcamp. i I think he's put out like i don't want to say what it is wrong uh he's put out something like 70 fucking records in the last like five years just a ridiculous amount of beats that this dude is composing and and just that that short style where you know like his new record is what like 22 tracks but it's 36 minutes or so in 2016 he had 75 projects on Bandcamp, um and they just did another like Bandcamp focus on him like last week and i read it i just don't remember how many it is now but yeah, for those who don't know, knowledge uh, from New Jersey, 
relocated to LA on Stone's Throw Records, which if you haven't seen our vinyl weighs a ton or you Man. you don't know anything about the the incredible lore of Stone's Throw Records, like a true uh like just just, you know, it's untouchable. Great um, shit. And that yeah, that documentary, we talked about that on like the first episode that we originally did of this. Like in the pilot wow. episode of wow. I Dig Records, we talked about our vinyl ways a ton, and like we had both both just seen it around that time. So yeah, yeah, it's probably right about when I saw it. it was right right when I was about to leave Minnesota. So yeah, 2015. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So knowledge is just like been doing a lot of small stuff. A lot of stuff that just he only puts up on Bandcamp. Would you um, would you say his most notable collaboration is w- the No Worries thing that he did with Anderson? Yeah, either that or uh, I guess as far as a single beat, he did uh, Mama on To Pimp a Butterfly. Okay, yeah. Yeah, by Kendrick. So, like, that's that's another – like, that's probably – yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Depends depends what lane you're in. But he, he has a bunch of – I mean – if you know, you know. And right. It, it, I was just it, saying, you know, as far as like, like maybe a main, like a more mainstream reference for him would be like the no worries thing. Yeah, totally. And more, what I mean by if you know, you know is is like uh, people in the music world just have seem to have the utmost respect for knowledge, as I do too. And I guess I'm in the music world. I don't know why. I don't know where that line starts or ends, but. I got opinions and knowledge is the shit. So I'm very excited to do this, uh, these two little EPs. And I, I don't, I didn't really have too much intimate connection with Meek before this. I wasn't super versed in his stuff. I knew that he had a lot of respect from a lot of musicians and artists that I respect um but i wasn't like really listening to his shit all the time or really ever you know what i mean um and this i mean the thing that stuck out to me the most about this why i love this so much is because of meek mill like you can go listen to like pretty much any knowledge tape and you'll get a lot of beats that are like this fucking amazing unique uh sort of weird shaped feeling it's like if you roll a ball down a hill that's a perfect circle like a perfect sphere that ball's just gonna roll really smooth and if knowledge's music is is sort of like it's like a little more of an egg shape it has like a a weird it's not like this like perfectly you know smooth which can can be boring you know it's got this weird like twist to it a lot of his shit you know it's really yeah. bizarre angular uh it's got smooth moments too though absolutely yeah it's for sure well the whole thing is smooth that's what's so unique about it is that like he he really like chops up the beat and like produces things in a way that are so unique but still have you can head bob to every single knowledge song you know um so again knowledge is the god but i wasn't that verse with meek and what stuck out to me was holy shit meek mill is like the most like fucking 
poetic, like, virtuoso, savant, fucking, like, this dude's out of control. You know what I mean? Do you? And it's not just his rhymes, but it's like his, it's like Tupac, where, like, Tupac was, like, like his voice and, like, you can, like, hear the, like, urgency in in like his voice and in his delivery and it's not just the lyrics not just the poetry but it's like the whole it's like a saxophone player's tone you know what i mean it's like tone is a part of like of what you're what you're playing and what you're saying and this just both of these eps just help me understand meek mill in a whole nother way and just like reach him into my like pantheon of like current rappers you know what i mean and he wouldn't have otherwise been there just because of my own hang-ups you know what i mean yeah but do you think that you get that out of his like most recent releases like championships and wins versus wins and losses like do you think that that same poetic nature is do you appreciate it in that stuff too yeah, I do, and it's definitely there in that stuff. And I, I think that those records are great. But my point is that I came to those records because of this record. Same. You know what I mean? Like, this was my gateway. And then I was like, whoa, like, I need to, like, really get hip on all this other stuff that's his own stuff. Because obviously it's all, like, man, some of those songs off of Championship is, like, just, like, how is not is everybody not talking about like what tunes? what what songs off championships do you really like uh let me see like going bad the one with drake is fucking great like that's a obviously a killer jam he's got this j totally. he's got a jason terry reference in that in that song that's fucking so good if you fucking with my eyes just don't come near me put some bands all on your head like jason terry I dig some tracks off of wins and losses for sure too. Like nineteen forty two flows is a really cool jam, and uh, issues is a great song. And we ball with Young Thug. Yep, that's a killer track. But like this, I don't know. It was like kind of similar, similar to me, in that way that like I've checked out some Meek Mill in the past, and I've you know like. I don't know, Going Bad is definitely in my DJ library. But it never really, like, stuck with me heavy. Right. And then when I started listening to this collaboration of these two minds kind of coming together, which I know it's not a collaboration on Meek's end, and this is all just, like, knowledge putting together which these is tapes. also crazy. Oh, it's so sick. Like, my yeah. understanding is is knowledge is doing these because he obviously loves Meek Mill, but also with because Mill. he wants to do a proper collaboration with him. Like this is him trying to get his attention in that really? way. That would that was well, what please, I read. Please, Meek, reach out to knowledge <laughs> yeah, and do like, the thing, man. Yeah. That's my like, that's my understanding from the information that I was able to gather about it. Yeah, and dude, that, that'd be the most killing thing ever, dude. That'd be. I mean, that's. That'd be that'd be absurd. Um, but also, I kind of just found that yeah, these are just freestyles and battle verses from when he yeah. was a teenager and like early twenties. Yeah, dude, that's what's crazy is that like 
and I think that there's some stuff taken from like some of his like actual like official tracks and official releases. But when I first fi- found this this uh, tape, I was just like trying to find the Meek Mill song that Knowledge was sampling. You know what I mean? And then I was like, I couldn't find it anywhere. And then actually, man, the the coolest thing with the first one, the first one came out with a video it's on vimeo if you go to the Bandcamp page for meek volume one uh in the in the bottom in the description there's a link to a vimeo and it has like a video for this whole like 15 minutes thing i'll put it in the episode notes yeah and and it's it's the footage like there's footage of like meek literally rapping in like the front seat of a car and like that's when i realized that i was like whoa this is like not samples of like shit this is like acapella me yeah, battle raps and then that threw me through a fucking loop because then i was like none of this is to a grid so like knowledge is making this beat and there's no metronome there's no time like you know what i mean he's just like making this like which is just like man if you if, if you can appreciate that like man you 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 realize how much of a fucking feat this is from knowledge's end as well you know what i mean yeah man and then also like what he's choosing to sample of meek you know what i mean like is really like it's it's this this project is like one of the most like this this has blown me away this project has blown me away more than like most projects that i can think of certainly something that's been going on for three years now you know what i mean like nothing is is i don't know why it's not just blowing up the world you know what i mean yeah it kind of blows me away in the same way in a similar way that the mad lib freddie gibbs bandana collaboration or just their collaborations in general but like bandana was kind of this next level of things and i like this model that knowledge is doing this with of you know of like of just like chronic you know he is just doing it by grabbing these samples that don't have any like really rhyme or rhythm to the like like there's no metronome like you're saying you know you know there is no beat it's just sometimes it's just him talking you know she's he's narrow like which i really dig those moments so i feel like almost in a reverse way how madlib gives freddie gibbs these beats right and just says hey this is all this is it you do what you can within this there is no there yeah there is no like hey i need like two more bars you know it's just do this and it is like the reverse thing here where it's like hey like meek has given you whatever he's given you through whatever you can find of these samples and you have to just work within those bounds like you don't get to ask meek Hey, I really need you to insert a hook here or like do this right. here. So Which I, is just, I love that. It's just another testament to knowledge, man. Like, right. I, uh, it's sort of silly, I think, when people like say somebody's the next somebody. You know what I mean? And people will say like, oh, like knowledge is like the the next Dilla or whatever. And it's like no like no none of them will ever be each other and like we wouldn't want it to be that way so like thinking about it like that is stupid but what people i think are getting at when they're saying shit like that is that like 
there is like a pantheon you know what i mean of like anything and like knowledge is already solidified himself as like being up there like as just like moving things forward as just like being like challenging in the same way that like miles davis did that to jazz you know what i mean or like like radiohead did that to rock or whatever you know what i mean yeah. it's like knowledge is doing that in the same way that dilla did that 10 years ago you know and it's like they all have their own totally different lanes but it's crazy because knowledge is like 30 years old you know what i mean he's like 31 and dilla was young too um but it's just like man it just feels like when you're watching like an athlete that is like in their prime you know what i mean and you're just like wow this is something you don't see all the time. I got it. Like, I'm going to appreciate this. It's like, dude, all of these knowledge releases are just little blessings, man. And there's so many of them that it's easy to get overwhelmed by them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just like, it all blends in, but like, man, I there'll d- be months where I just don't listen to anything other than knowledge. I just love, like, this is probably going to send me into a, a knowledge hole again. I feel like I've kind of dipped in and out of it. I just started checking out 1988, which is his newest release, and mm-hmm. there's so many good jams on there. Um, mm-hmm. But I just love how he turns these just very random freestyles and battle verses into these cinematic things. Yeah, man. You know, Absolutely. and he put he creates like a soundtrack for them and i know like that's something that you that that has clearly infected your brain and your your own creative process because that stuff does really exist in your sun king experiment for sure and we even talked about that how you love those short vignettes that kind of just right show like just this very short scene in a movie a mood yeah yeah And I yeah, yeah man. I just really love that about that. So you want to jump into this thing, like yeah. What so like? I mean, I want to know what you thought. Like, what do you what do you want to listen to? Also, classic knowledge. Like, like that's another thing about him. All of his like misspellings and shit. Yeah, and just one word, everything. A lot of lowercase only. Like, and and I, it's not. It's not like sabotage. You know what I mean? But it is like, like this is probably one of the the hiccups that people might have when they see his shit. And they're just like, people, people could interpret this as being like, Oh, this person doesn't fucking care. Like they're just not even naming their fucking songs. You know what I well, mean? Well, even his and name, like, right? Like he does the thing right. where he eliminates some vowels and shit. Yes. It's, it's just like, he's, it, I just trust knowledge. I trust that Glenn Booth, I trust that that dude is making music from a place that like is is uh it's is true really it's really very true yeah it's exactly real. it's real to yeah. him who he is yeah exactly and like that's that's the real thing that that just keeps me just like man to have that amount of trust for somebody and it's not just one thing it's everything all wrapped up and the more that you read and this dude keeps a pretty low fucking profile you know what i mean like and yeah. and i respect the hell out of that and he's just makes a beat and he's like and i just yeah upload it and i just sort of forget it you know um very mad lib in that way yeah dude. but yeah what 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 tunes did you dig well i don't know man i mean i really like volume one is 
really great. Um, I uh, I really like all the tracks. Like the intro track is just like really sets things up in a cool way. But yeah, when he when he just starts talking about in that intro track, real life, you know, and and just that's what I'm talking about as far as just hey, I'm just gonna put this background music, I'm gonna set the scene for these things, and I think that's what he does such a great job of, you know, moving forward in uh, elimination, which I think is such a cool, oh yeah, great track. Elimination, um, yeah, yeah man. elimination. It's so like yeah. I love just levels, even levels, yeah. levels, levels. Um, but yeah, when he gets into that, I think, I think you start to really see the. Um, I love the emotion that he's able to pull out of the Meek Mill shit through his yeah, music, man. you know, because yeah, it man. is like really heavy, emotionally driven stuff, and I think mm-hmm. it's crazy how like how hard and heavy the meek mill raps are you know it's and it really like you can tell it comes from a very true experience for him of being like you know in jail and whatnot and you know living kind of this life of crime at times and i think i think it's really cool the the really low-key shit that knowledge decides to surround that with these orchestral vibes and you know so it's cool just There's like an acoustic guitar in this song. Yeah. It's amazing. No drums. Little little key little tr- key uh trinkle. Yeah, absolutely. I mean yeah, this thing is eight it's eight songs in fourteen minutes long. Uh-huh. These little yeah. snippets. And volume five, we'll get into it, kind of shifts a little bit in that way where, where mm-hmm. some songs get longer, but but here you're just getting these just these pieces, man. And to me, this elimination tune is just, I just, I know I said it already, but just like the tone, it's like when people talk about Farrah Sanders playing saxophone, Yeah. it's like the way that he was able to, the sounds he was able to get out of his horn, like only he could do in that way. And it's the same thing with Meek Mill's tone and his delivery and it just feels so urgent like urgency like it this is important meaningful honest painful true like just it's it's just like it's undeniable you know what i mean like that's sort of what it comes down to you're just like man this is like you're just being thrust into this real mood you know what i mean yeah um is that the one where he says i'm so hungry man my head hurts um i believe it is it shows up on this ep somewhere and it's just like man like i remember the first time i heard that i was like yeah like this is you know i i don't know like just real emotional response to the shit just like man this is like it, it sort of like gets into your veins you know yeah definitely man and that that's uh like that next track mmg mmg is is kind of that track where i had it the more, sickest more beat. noted 
um, just how heavy and hard the stuff is that Meek is putting out. And Knowledge is just dropping kind of this, you know, 70s psychedelic R&B vibe behind it. You know, like right. it's like it's some sort of Quentin Tarantino movie and shit. Totally, totally, dude. And uh, I don't know. It just it just changes what it, I, it it creates such a big impact on what what Meek is doing. This shit has like a, an energy that like a live jazz album has. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, in MMG right now, you can hear people, like, in the background, because these are just video phone recordings of, like, Meek with his friends rapping, and there's people yelling, like, woo! You know what I mean? And it's like, dude, you're, like, at a show. This is, like, a live, like, this is, like, a really live energy that, like, especially in hip-hop, I don't necessarily see it captured so much because so much of, of a lot of contemporary hip-hop especially like really leans towards like heavy production and like clean polished amazing sounds you know what i mean right so to have this thing that's on the other end of the spectrum spectrum that's just voice fucking recordings and you know it's uh something that is really strong about this i think you know yeah man i mean that's that's also what i really love about it is uh just with with the next track after that is bidden up state and i just love how it just sounds like they're in another room or something or in the kitchen yep. with this weird totally. shitty you know it's yeah. like a non-treated room and it's it, like it's like your buddy's got the beat going in the room next door and it's too loud so it's bleeding over into your phone recording yeah. and then you start rapping you know what i mean for sure yeah um i really dig that element of it and it's kind of it's kind of one of those records where where i feel like each song is my favorite one until i get to that next until the start of the right. next one and i right. feel like bidden up state is really the start of that for me like everybody know then comes on and it's just like so triumphant feeling. Yeah, you know? man. Everybody know just got that fucking '90s feel. Yep. And it just get, I, it's yeah, it's a, definitely some heat on that one. And uh, I don't know, man. That's probably everybody know is definitely that's one of my the, favorites, if not my favorite on the on the the collection the, of tunes. Yeah, that's a crazy one. Which which one do you want to get into? We've been talking about it a little bit. Maybe we take a little, little yeah. break and and play a, a whole a uh, full track here. Let's okay. Let's play Illumination or Elimination, because you know we'll put we'll put the other ones in you know retroactively. People will have heard some stuff, but for the one let's listen to, um, in full without us talking over it. Let's do Elimination. And what I was just hearing about in 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 this when I was listening to it just now. Um, he's from Philly, and he reminds me of another Philly rapper, Freeway. In his like, Freeway sounds hungry, you know what I mean? And Black Thought also sounds hungry. And again, it's like talking about horn players' tones, you know? Um, like I don't know, and it's it, it, East Coast, definitely. 
comes across as like a traditionally like East Coast rapper, you know, for whatever that fucking means. But there's something about this like Philly shit that yeah, all dude. that these like uh, Freeway, Meek, and Black Thought uh, all have this thing that is just r- so raw, you know. Yeah, dude. I lo- I love at the end of everybody uh everybody know when he yeah. was like uh Meek Millie, all I spit is flamers. <laughs> so good, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. There's some of the braggadocious yeah. shit on here yeah, that he has to say is great. Man. But that's like the beautiful thing about this collection too is because it's like it's like the braggadocious shit, but then the next song, the next track is just this poetic thing of just him right. talking, you know, and so and you can appreciate the battle rap side of it where it's like he's got fucking bars. You yeah. know what I mean? He's got fucking bars that you're just like, holy fucking shit, like just dancing on on words and meanings and alliteration and fucking metaphors and shit. And then also has like the this like emotional fucking like like they're together. You know what I mean? Which is like which really again is so it was so clear to me when i heard it on this knowledge shit which then got me into meek's other shit you know what i mean so i'm i'm thankful for knowledge because he brings that out in a different way you know what i mean yeah definitely well let's uh let's get into elimination elimination this is on the the meek volume one and uh just search knowledge. You can't find this. If you're searching Meek Mill, you're not going to find it on your streaming services. It's K-N-X-W-L-E-D-G. I'll, uh, I'll put the links for everything in the episode notes so people can uh, can find it a little easier. Yeah, do your homework. Start listening to knowledge. Every day a nightmare. You can 
front is one who will lose your life here. You ain't built for it, you ain't getting killed for it. For the love of the money, niggas going too for it, nigga. What you shook for, you got die someday. Goddamn, and my fan got to cry Reality's a bitch, I gotta make you rich. Not that, it's a wreck. I'm a dog, bitch. I ain't trying to see the bricks of that big brown box. Put me dirt with a stone on top Are they grown more fast And I got way old to see the devil in my eyes My heart way cold So the, yeah, dude, the rest of this record Is, is killer After everybody know Like Stop Playing is maybe my favorite beat on the tape Stop Playing Yeah, I really like that one Let me pull that up Yeah not necessarily like my favorite track. I mean, definitely enjoy the track overall, but this is maybe just, just, just the beat is really great on this one. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that his vocals on this are just like so distorted because he's probably just a phone, you know? Yeah. And then, dude, Thirty Years Old is like the hype song, the banger. I think. Yep. Yeah, that one is Just has that like late '90s Jay Z like type yep. beat. You know? So good, so good. Never get back. Yeah, dude. The closing track, I love the fucked up quality of the sounds of, of this dude just spitting. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds like this is one where he sounds like he's in a car or something. Yep, totally, totally. And the strings on that remind me of that No Worries tune. Um, what is the tune? We can talk about this No Worries record at some point. Yeah, Never Get Back is definitely, this is one of my favorite jams for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really showing knowledge is like, he's just leaving, you know what I mean? Like, he's just leaving like the norm, you know? It's pretty great. It's just like whatever the fuck you want to make a beat gonna make a beat yeah dude absolutely yeah yeah that record i mean that that record is unparalleled there's no other this whole series is there's nothing like this nothing this is there's stuff similar there's stuff that maybe has something in the venn diagram but like this whole meek thing the knowledge is doing is like its own thing so we're gonna we're gonna get into f- volume five now. Is yeah. What you what you think about five compared to three? How did you did you listen to one and then five? Yeah, I did one and then five. Um. And yeah, definitely listened to them a lot, both of them, because they're so short. Like this one's mm-hmm. eighteen minutes. This is the most recent one. This one just yeah. came out twenty twenty. Um, it's a good day whenever I get a, a email from Stone's Throw saying that there's a new meek out by <laughs> knowledge. I go right there. Um, get the chance is the the intro track. Get the change. Get the change, rather. My bad. Um, All of these tracks, do you notice any difference in them? Um, I just feel like there's a different vibe to like what's delivered musically a little bit. Um, and the length of everything, like th- this song is like it's a three-minute song, right. and man, this beat 
It's so simple, but it works so well. Yep, totally. I love that one, dude. Topical. It's also that, that that triumphant sort of feel to it. You know, it's similar to everybody knows. Was it on the last record? Everybody knows me. Yeah. Um, there's just this like triumphant style of beat. You know what I mean? It's like like B by Common that Dilla beat. Yeah. It's also a very triumphant feeling. There's like this whole like category in my head yes. that is like triumphant beats, and this goes right there. Yeah, it's uh, uplifting. It's like and it's like regal. You know what I mean? It feels like some like it, it feels like it, it, <laughs> I think part of it is that it feels like you're like at the like podium in Mario Kart Dude, a little bit. I I kind of I had this note pretty much that it like the thing that i really like about this stuff is just how like eloquent some of the music that he's throwing down yeah, like bro. you could be at like some yeah, fancy some dinner symphony. party or yeah, something man. yeah and you got like this is what he's putting out there mm-hmm. for for meek to spit over it's and, crazy yeah it, it's it's a very cool um cool texture to put on it for sure and he's got that crazy. he's got that part and get the change this topical little line I was on quarantine living like yeah. a poor fiend I was like oh <laughs> yeah that you are on quarantine right now yeah, we're all man, on quarantine I, I just ate a protein bar for dinner <laughs> <laughs> um yeah get the change is great uh a tune that had a big impact on me again just emotionally i don't know why but around here um sort of what i was talking about last time about uh the cockatoo twins and how it felt really nostalgic yeah this this tune feels really nostalgic i agree it reminds me of being like like in in seattle in the winter is raining is gray there's litter you know what i mean like it's 1998 or something you know i remember it just felt like really it feels really nostalgic um in a way that like only really amazing shit can can do you know yeah, dude, I'm this just is listening to it right now. Yeah, it's just like such a good track. I love like Meek's raps on this one. And it's just this really smooth track behind him. Yeah. And it's like obviously like what he's rapping about like is nothing that I've experienced. Like he's rapping about coming up in the hood like and violence and struggle and poverty that i've never experienced and it's a phenomenon that i i don't know like i mean this is a phenomenon that's happened since forever that even though a lot of people like me and you can't necessarily relate to this through experience there's something that strikes a real emotional chord in me when i listen to this song you know what i mean it's the undeniability yeah, it's, thing, dude. Yeah, it's just like a it's just like a fucking fact, man. It's just like 
it's just, it's the same thing that makes Good Kid, Mad City amazing, right. amongst other things, and amongst other things that make this amazing. But it's one of the pieces in the in the recipe that is just like, man, man, like round here to me feels like just a, such a distillation. You know what I mean? Like, like the more the alcohol gets distilled, the higher the percentage it becomes of alcohol. Like this is like so distilled. It is this thing. It is this mood. It is this like attitude. It is this experience that it just feels like so distilled. This is not like 6%. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a, uh, it's just, yeah, undeniable. Yeah. And it, I, yeah, it just paints a picture, man. Can we, can we jump? Can we jump into that real quick? Can we let the listeners hear what the fuck we're talking about? Absolutely. Yeah, let's play that track for sure. Okay. Let's let's play that right now and we'll talk back about it. That's just like, I don't know, the only place that I can go to get what that is, is right here. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing else that, like, gets close to, to like, yeah, man. I think, yeah, I think that that's kind of that Bananas. similar feeling that I was talking about with Bandana, especially when it came out. It was like. Mm-hmm. This is the only record that does this thing for right, me right, right. and taps right, into right, right. this feeling. And that's just, it's a pretty amazing thing. I, uh, the other day I was driving, it was, it was a weird coincidental thing. Um, I just got in the car and I had this, this urge that I wanted to listen to some Kendrick and it had mm-hmm. kind of been a while since I had that click in for me and I was, so I put on damn. That was my first instinct yeah. was to put on that record. Mm-hmm. And I realized it was three years to the day of this oh, record shit. being released. <laughs> and and when I and when I listened to it that last was like last week? Yeah. And it was because it was Easter weekend. It was Friday. Wow. And I was I was when that record came out, I was driving up to Seattle to spend Easter weekend with you and your family. My mom was up there. But it was wow. also like just after I was dealing with some heavy anxiety, like had taking those couple trips to the emergency room because I had panic attacks, thinking I was having heart attacks, you know, like a weird mental mental uh, time. Just but putting on this record with fresh ears and just 
being like, whoa, dude, like, this, I knew this was really good when it was put out, but this record is so great. And, uh, yeah. yeah, it was just this weird coincidental moment that I had. That is crazy. That's so yeah, I serendipitous. Like, I was like, this is three so years to the day, man. This is, yeah, and, man. and just banging that record. It's so fucking good. That album's amazing. Yeah. Um, Everything he does is pretty next level. Yeah, man. But this, yeah, this is gives just like taps into something. Tap is probably is the next song, and probably, (laughs) dude, that's big fan of this song. One of my favorites on the record. Just those really nice horns, dude. Those really nice horns and the keys that are super faint in the mix. Yep. Like, yeah. Yeah, and also this like I can hear. I mean, like this is like got a little bit more of the like a lot of these tunes just have meek like just like rapping like just bars like like rappy. You know what I mean? Like whereas this one has like a little bit more of the like modern hip hop, pop hip hop, popular music like flow. You have that like. To me, yeah. To me, to me, volume five, volume five. Um, if it is true that knowledge is trying to get the attention of Meek Mill to do a collaboration, I feel like this is the this is the one where he shows him that he can do shit like that, and that this collaboration could be really special. Right. To me, so because I think I. I love like volume one is really good, but I think I like volume five even more. I think I do. Yeah, I think I do too. But I love it all. I just feel like yeah. this is there's a couple tracks on on volume five where I money just over can't everything. Deny, bro. Yeah, money over everything is except my mama. It's amazing, dude. This this is my favorite. It's a mantra. This is my favorite song over everything. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I love. You talked about earlier how this is, uh, how this can kind of be like a jazz record in some ways of when you totally. just hear people going out and going in the background. When when yes. that dude in the background is just saying, "Wow, it's alive, <laughs> it's man! So it's good. just alive." He's yeah, just, that dude. Wow. Yeah. It just taps into something differently, though, dude. Like it represents totally. It just represents Meek in a different way. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it shows him, and I think his his music shows him as being like really vulnerable and like really introspective, and like I think that he seems like a really compassionate fucking like emotional dude. But I think that it comes out even stronger when yeah. knowledge is doing the the flip underneath you know what i mean yeah man and like flat is one of those songs where where meek's just kind of rapping his ass off and yeah i'm just super into what this yes. project is you know just these candid moments i think about meek. this line the are you hating because you mad or are you mad because you hate yeah dude I think about that all the time. I think that, you know, yeah, for sure, man. It's just like that's just like that's that's wisdom, you know. 
that's wisdom like there's like so much wisdom that's sort of like what this whole thing has been for me is like adding meek into my like group of people that is like artists musicians that i listen to that like have some fucking wisdom of the elders type shit you know what i mean like some wizards you know yeah just like dude Meek Mill, if you're listening, I want you to know I think of you like Gandalf. <laughs> and that's the biggest compliment I can think of. <laughs> I just uh I just really dig the like I think this record is authentic because it wasn't intended to be a record. Yep. You know? And just those can all the good the capturing shit on accident, man. The capturing of the candid moments is just brings out that undeniability. Yeah, if he was in the booth on any of these, it wouldn't be the same at all. Right. At all. And that's why it's so cool. Yeah. Not and and it's it's also like that's a powerful like statement that knowledge is making that he's like this is worth my time to make a record off of like shitty quote-unquote shitty quality voice recordings on voice memos and phones of of meek mill it's like in a again like i'm saying in an era where it's like everything is about the nicest and the cleanest and you know everything being to the click like this is just a push against that and i do not think it's a coincidence that it creates such an emotional response in listeners you know what i mean it's just like whoa it's just like there's some dirt in this you know like there's some dirt in in the fucking drink and it tastes better that way hell yeah you know as opposed to the fucking the the splenda you know yeah i think um i'll bring up some of those moments that happen in uh, the next record we talk about in the Raylan thing actually too um yes. let's play let's play one more track yeah and then let's go to that are huh? we gonna play money over everything i feel like we talked about I mean, it a lot you said it's your favorite yeah either that or flat i'm i'm down for either of those okay uh pick a or b wait no pick pick uh <laughs> pick number pick number 22 or 26 oh i gotta go 26 okay that's money over everything <laughs> all right so we're gonna get into money every uh over everything off the the meek volume five from knowledge and then uh and then we're gonna get into our next record shift it money over everything except my mama niggas talk shit but they don't want no drama clip hanging out the ak look like a comma sitting in the white house like a mobama work on the table watch the coke and get karate chopped try to turn his chevrolet into a maserati drop Think he signed? Probably not. I think he is. Look at his watch. Check out his gear. That's LV. Fuck the niggas. Tell me. All gold rolling on my wrist. Grown man. I give a fuck about what they talking. I'm my own man. Own money. Own hammers. Own plane. Tell them rap the niggas. Keep they features. Got my own fans. 20,000 for the neck piece. No plan. You rap niggas running out of minutes like your phone plan. Wow. Matter of fact, Niggas bars getting low, money over everything except my mama. Money over everything except my mama. Niggas talk shit, but they don't want no drama. 
clip hanging out the AK look like a comma. Sitting in the White House like a Obama. Work on the table, watch the coke and get karate chopped. Try to turn his Chevrolet into a Maserati drop. Think he signed? Probably not. I think he is. Look at his watch. Check out his gear. That's LV. Fuck niggas tell me. All gold rolling on my wrist. Grown man. I give a fuck about what they talking. I'm my own man. Own money. Own hammers. Own plane. Tell them rap the niggas keep their features. Got my own fans. <laughs> 20,000 for the neck piece. No plan. You rap the niggas running out right. of minutes like the phone plan. Meek Mill, volume Matter 5. Niggas bars getting uh, Just the most amazing shit. Yeah, definitely check that out. Check out. I got I to gotta check out the other volumes now. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Don't forget that there are three volumes in between one and five. Uh, there are volumes two, three, and four. Because um, one and five. What is, what is like, your knowledge uh, record of recommendation? Like, if somebody's just going to go on a pure knowledge just record. knowledge? Yeah. No, like, vocal samples or anything? Yep, just, like, one of his... Uh, one of his gems. I mean, they're all. Gr- you, I don't know. I know man. you like it's, it all. That's so tough. Uh, I would just go to his band camp and I would just cruise around on there. I. I'm gonna not answer your question the way you asked me to. I'm gonna. That's fine. You don't have. I to. would. I just sent you a record. It's it's his record rap tapes. W R A P T A Y P E S. It's on his band camp. It's him doing like flips of shit, but like of tunes that you might know uh he does like easy e and like jadakiss and a lot of fucking awesome shit snoop um i think he does some jay-z um yeah so that's the shit and then also just the his whole uh hexual ceilings uh there's Hexual Ceilings Part 8. Um, that's one of my favorites. Um, and then there's the the dude, the Tupac 4-track is amazing. It's four tunes he did of Tupac, and uh, it's only on his band camp. And it's, I mean, you'll have, it's, it's like, it's you'll have an experience similar to what you had with the Meek stuff where it's like, you're just going to hear Tupac in a different, like, light. Uh, Hexual Ceilings Volume 3 is the shit, too. Um, there's just, uh, it's just so much, man. Um, just go deep on the knowledge. Just go deep. Uh, all the Hexual Ceilings and all the rap tape stuff, but specifically Hexual Ceilings 8, Hexual Ceilings 3, uh, Tupac 4-track, uh, rap tapes, uh, the album. Um, so everything <laughs> you're just listing. No, dude, no, I've listed like just... four out of like eighty-five million things. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. But you know, just go, just, you know, like, do, your, do your fucking research, man. It's, uh, it's a, a crazy and inspirational thing that he started and continues to do. Well, you're definitely my entry point into knowledge, being with you when you bought that first record and uh, i've kind of kept my ear open to him ever since then i definitely don't listen to it as intently or like as much as you do Mm -hmm. um it's it's all really great though and it's so it's cool to like dive in 
to this Meek Mill stuff. And now I also I have this different perspective on Meek Mill and it has me made too. me go deeper into like some of the like wins and losses record and yes. some of the stuff on championship. Um, and I'll definitely see him differently for these uh, these tapes that Knowledge <laughs> right. has put out, which is so sick. Uh, two things. First, do you remember? Wait, no. First, you got to listen to those records that I, I just said. I'll send them to you, but I, w- I want to say it on the air. You got to listen to Hexual Ceilings 8, 3, Rap Tapes, and Tupac 4-Track. Okay? You got to listen to those four. Okay? Okay. Uh, second thing. Do you remember when we were hanging out sometime in the last year, and I just kept playing on repeat this tune, and one of the lyrics was, she was there through my ups and downs like a camel. And you were like, that is the worst lyric I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> you remember that? I do, I do. Yeah, bro. That's a Meek song, and that's on Meek, I think, two or three. And that's where I found it. And it's when you listen to that that whole EP, whatever version, uh, whatever number, two or three or four, I guess, uh, whatever, which one it is, whenever you listen to the whole thing, when that song comes on, it is just like the most it is the fucking shit you know and just because of like what's what's been before it and what comes after it you're just like damn that song is amazing and that's the one uh (laughs) fall fall through fall through Uh, and i remember i remember you were just like bro that is the fucking worst lyric and i was like that's so funny because it is and i hadn't even thought about it (laughs) i had not even thought about it because i was so just entranced with how amazing that song was you know so check out fall through t-h-r-u also that's a little bonus bonus nugget uh meek i think you're great but that's not a great line that's not my not it's not my favorite of yours it's not she's been there through my ups and downs just like a camel (laughs) <laughs> i do remember having that conversation with you but and telling you that and you kind of having that realization that yeah yeah i was that, like bro it is bad yeah. but i've just been but I, you you know it's like you can't touch that you can't touch those so, those eps you know i was just yeah. like dude how the fucking dare you say that i mean you know, you know but, uh, but, you're, but you're right <laughs> i mean that's why so much stuff is just about the feel though you know so no it doesn't doubt. matter 100%. if that's not the best line right maybe you know as from a a depth (laughs) perspective (laughs) you know or just even great at all but you know yep it is this is the case of a great beat being uh carrying some weaker lyrics absolutely but hey amazing flow which is underappreciated oh the flow is yeah that that's the stuff that i'm talking about on stuff like on on flat and stuff like that the the flow is killer. So, all right, man. Let's talk about Rayland Baxter. Let's talk about what I brought. <laughs> Fucking Rayland. Fucking Baxter. Rayland Baxter, dude. Okay, can we cut to fifteen seconds of that song you told me to listen to about America? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Okay, let's let the listeners know what we're doing here. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, the song that you're talking about is, uh, Strange American Dream. Here it is. So you took the shot and killed me with your mind. I'm a man and I want to be honest. I'm better than I used to be. But now the whole 
So that's on Wide Awake, is uh, what you're you're talking about there. That's Sir Rayland Baxter, a man with a guitar in a band. Now, let's cut to a Mac Miller tune, and specifically, I was listening today. This listening to this Rayland record sent me back into a little bit of some some mac miller world and uh i i listened to rush hour you know that tune um that's not one that i'm familiar with off the top of my head it's off of good am 2015 release uh let's play the first two minutes of this tune okay okay Okay, I know it's not we're not doing a Mac thing, but I, I just wanna because we're gonna listen to more Raylan. I wanna lay the groundwork of what where we're coming from with some Mac and then we can talk about good AM to the present and our own relationship with Mac. But I want I want this to be the first thing that people hear in comparison to Raylan Baxter. Uh spoiler the Raylan Baxter record that we're going to talk about is all Mac Miller songs. Yeah, it's a covers record that he put out after Mac died. And yes, we'll, we'll listen to this and then I'll provide some context for what this record uh, was inspired by and whatnot. Here's some old Mac. Yeah, yeah. I give a fuck less and less every day. The more you give a fuck, I guess the less you make. Money. Started trying to elevate Heaven is a crime scene Save a honey yellow tape I started making money in 11th grade Soon as I learned that the more you do The less you wait Got a bigger crib, always use the extra space Shit was so different in 2008 Growing pains Fill the open veins with Novocaine Relapse, I eat that, I don't complain I'm just rambling You want war? Sen 64, Blitz champion, out of space channeling, brain damaging, heavy rain game canceling, proud to be American, yeah, they tell me get yourself straight, how much more money can you make? I'm just trying to grow up on the rich, maybe get married to an over bitch, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be over shit, over shit, the world don't give a fuck about your loneliness, no way, I'm just trying to grow up on the rich, Chris Tucker, I stuck around the past six summers. Karma is a bitch, and that bitch don't love you. Yeah, we was in the attic, you could smell the weed. Bitch getting naked, we was selling me. Bitch kissing, bitch just like L and D. So that's Rush Hour. That's the that's that's uh and that's on Good I Am, which is Max like third record, third full length, I think. Um something something around there and that's kind of around the time where Raylan Baxter gets hip to Mac Miller okay he never actually met Mac but he saw him play a show and um I was reading this this interview about why he was inspired to do this and it said uh I was moved and I had I had not had a moment like that in a long time with a musician with a, a live show cool. and uh 
So he saw him play, and ever since he saw him play, he started following him and just dove deep into the records. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, after he passed, he was just inspired to to kind of do his take on some of his his favorite tunes or ones that he thought would translate well and i think it's cool because it he they are in such a different lanes you know like raylan is this singer songwriter psychedelic folk kind of dude right mac is this sort of like like druggy hella rapper tatted dude from pittsburgh living in la collaborating with like everybody like man i looked at the 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 list of people that and that's the thing so like i want to talk about mac a little bit absolutely we we have to you can't do this this record without talking about mac so i came to mac because of you yeah, dude. Which is, I remember showing that's you. That's wild, bro. At, at that record, at fucking open air mic, mountain air, mountain mic, air dude. mic. When I I was house sitting over yes. there for Thanksgiving, maybe yes. four years ago or so, we, and I showed you some tracks off what Feminine Divinity. You showed me the song that was him and Kendrick, and uh, uh, God is fair. Uh, what is that song called? God is fair, you sexy, want- nasty. You want to cut into that a little bit? I can play that. Yeah, cut into like the first like yeah minute of it or so, man. That song is is cool. Um, and so I obviously I knew who Mac Miller was, but I thought that I like I think a lot of people thought. Uh, I will admit that I was one of them as well. That I thought that he wasn't for me without having really listened to his shit too much. Because I remember you being very surprised that you were super into it. Yeah. Just like, whoa, this is really good. Yeah. Just like, yeah, man, Mac, Mac has got some tunes, man. He's had them since the first, the first. And that reminded me of when I was in Minnesota. I was working for a CSA pack and we were just like, you know, just fucking working on an assembly line basically, putting shit in the bags and um, we would always listen to shit on the, the speaker and one of my coworkers really liked hip hop and we started talking about hip hop and he was like, you know, he like prefaced it. He was like, you know, I know he's got some super fucking whack shit, but you know who actually has some like really dope tunes is Mac Miller and I was just like yeah you know whatever okay you know and I just never really touched it and um so you hipped me to him and then I got I got I wasn't I didn't really listen to that uh Divine Feminine too much but then I started listening when Swimming came out so I'm late to the game you know what I mean I was late to the game I a little a little bit yeah I won't say I was late I just um I listened sporadically I right like I dug I dug some tunes but I wasn't super like listening to the records all the time and I knew I knew his shit from from Doris the Earl sweatshirt record and yeah. you know like he was sort of like a seems like a honorary Odd Future member you know what I mean. He was super tight with that whole crew. Um, and you look at the people that are on his records, and it's like... You got... Oh, man. Lil Wayne, 
Cameron, Juicy J, Kendrick, <laughs> Kendrick on multiple records. And it's like just that list, Earl. just that list that I just said also shows you that he like he's not like like he's a rapper's rapper. You know what I mean? Like he's not yeah. like just like trying to get like fucking Tyga and like fucking Pitbull on his shit. You know, he's like getting Juicy J. Well, he's and, and he's also Q, Action dude, Bronson. He's getting, fucking he's Earl. getting fucking uh, Little Dragon, Little Dragon Festival on Good AM. Chief Keef, um, yeah, Lil B. I, yeah, man, watch watching movies with the sound off. Yep. Uh, that's that's one of my favorite Mac records, and that's got yeah. Red Dot Music. That's the one with action on it. Yeah, that, that track is, is so good, man. Yeah, it's it's like, and that's that was why. I mean, yeah, Tyler, like I, uh, when he died, I'm trying to remember. Dude, when you saw the spectrum of people that came out to speak about Max exactly. when he died, it was unreal. When you got like, I know that Robert Glasper isn't your favorite dude, but you obviously respect yeah, him as a absolutely. And, and, and when he's you made a lot of records people that like, are really influential. When you, when, yeah, and when you hear a, a dude like Robert Glasper speak to the mind, yeah, bro, what a musician's mind yeah, bro. Mac had, and yeah, just bro. his creativity level, yeah. you know, it's you know, it's it's another level when you have that. I mean, that type of person. Him and Thundercat were very very close. There's right. the last tune on the new Thundercat record, which I don't know if you've listened to that yet, but check that out. Um, is dedicated to Mac. And I mean, have you watched the Tiny Desk concert? Um the Mac one? Yes. Yeah, I mean Thundercat's playing with him, you know? Right. It's so cool. And um I remember one of the comments in that and it was like, man, look at Thundercat. He looks like a proud father, you know? <laughs> and uh I remember that I I think that that tiny desk came out like right before he died. And I was really digging that. Like I was like very impressed because it was a full live band and it was just super killing. And, um, and obviously I hold Thundercat in the highest of regard. Like that's one of the most influential musicians for me personally. So when he was like super into Mac, I was like, okay, like it's like, it's me. It's not him. You know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta recognize what the fuck I'm missing. And that was, you know, so I jumped into swimming really, really deep. And, um, yeah, then, then he fucking died. And that shit was, like, pretty crazy, man. Like, that was actually, like, sort of a wild experience. I don't know what it was like for you. Obviously, I didn't know him. But, like, and obviously, I hadn't been listening to his music since forever. But, like, it still had a pretty strong impact on me, like, it really like sat me on my ass for a few days and I was like really pretty morose for a few days. Cause I was just like, yeah, it, it's just like a true tragedy. I mean, in the tune before rush hour, the song we just listened to the little bit of, um, there's a song called brand name and, uh, there's a, that's one of the, it's the one of, there's an interpretation, there's an interpretation on, exactly on, on the record. Are you, fam are you familiar with the original of that tune? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And Mac, what does he say? He says, um, to anyone that sells me drugs, don't mix it with that bullshit. I'm not trying to join the 27 club. And, yep. uh, he didn't even make it to 27, man. Like, and that's yeah. like, what's so fucking sad. Like, 
he was he was uh, bro like tickets were on sale for his show in seattle with thundercat they were gonna go on tour together and i was probably gonna go not because i fuck with max super heavy but hey if max max gonna have a, a band and it's gonna be cool like and he's a killing performer uh and i do fuck with mac but like not because you know like i'm saying i'm not i haven't been super into mac for so long so i can't act like i can't you know pose like right. i am you you, d- you didn't really ride for him super heavy yeah when he was alive yeah and you've well, been you've you've definitely like that was what was more of a fan well that was what was crazy though because like i'd say that that was true for me that was more true for me with nipsey hustle that i didn't really listen to nipsey much aside from like i i knew who he was i knew i knew some of his verses on some songs that he was featured on but then when he died, I like really dove into his catalog and then it really hit me. But Mac was sort of like six months before he died. Like I started like having I started getting into him and I was like, this is cool. Like I like the direction he's going in, especially swimming is like if you listen to swimming and movies with the sound off, like it's a totally different person you know oh absolutely and uh i was like very intrigued because man that's a fucking musical ass album swimming is like it's like it's just so musical like and i don't that's a really like flimsy word to use but like there's so many songs like there's so many sections and so many movements and everything sort of feels so coherent and it's like there's moments to sound like the fucking Beatles on that shit, you know? Uh, I love that What's the Use song. Yeah, man. That's the one that Thundercat's playing on. Yeah, that one's nasty. Yep. Um, what was it? So, like, how did you come to Max, and what was it like when he died for you? Um, I came to it from the Blue State Park really? record. Blue Slide? Yeah. Blue Slide, yeah. rather. Um... Yeah, I found that record around the time it came out. Wow. I don't exactly know why I stumbled upon it. I think it may have become well, that record be because up. of the odd future thing. Yeah, possible. Yeah. As you mentioned earlier, he kind of does have like a tie to that crew right. or did at one point. You know, you you mentioned Earl is featured on watching the movies with the lights off and or with yeah. the sound off and. Um, yeah, so I found that and I dug some songs on there. I thought it had a cool, like, just a very hyped energy to it. A lot of that stuff on there. But um, so I I found that and then every once in a while I would just check in mm-hmm. on tunes, but it was just kind of dipped in and out and just thought it was like real bizarre when he died. I don't know, man. Overdoses are just heavy to me. Me too, man. We've both because we've both lost friends to overdoses, man. Yeah, and I hadn't at that point. I don't. Th- when did Mac? Bro. Mac died in 2017, I believe. No, I think it was 2018. I think it was more recent. Yeah, September okay. 2018. Crazy. So that's the same month that Braden did. No shit my yeah my homie bro and um a couple days before that i had a a person that i knew from from school commit suicide that's right i remember talking to you 
at that point. Really? We talked. Yeah. We both like and just how heavy shit, everything man. was. <laughs> yes. Um so yeah, man, overdoses are heavy yes. because it's seems like it's a very unintentional thing, you know. Right. It's not, you know, that person wasn't done. Right. Maybe. Right. You know. Yes. And and uh yeah, it's it's hard to say what somebody's state is, you know, in that but It's just like so sad cuz you're just like, dude, like this was an accident. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's uh it that's where the heaviness comes from is cuz you know that like they didn't want that you know what i mean for sure and it's like that's why it's sort of like you just can't really fuck with any of the shit you know what i mean because it's like nobody thinks it's gonna be them you know what i mean like yeah it's just some real it's some real shit man because uh yeah i think that that was a yeah man that was that was like you know obviously sort of speechless just even thinking about it like it represented and still represents a real uh real strong issue going on you know yeah it's just real yeah man it's it's heavy um and it's uh yeah, even though I wasn't super attached to his music, I did know that he had these ties to these really, like a lot of the to like the shit people that I respected. Yeah, to like you know, to somebody like, like Thundercat. Yeah, man, that's what it was like. It was like, how does everybody co-sign on him, and I don't fuck with him? It must be me, you know? Yeah, dude, Kendrick. You know, Kendrick is who he is, and yeah, I know that he had like so much love for Mac, and just, just like I said, the amount of people that came out and spoke to. Yeah max character and what a creative duty was but yeah it's intense man and it's also uh i remember talking to somebody after the mac thing and just uh just him talking about like how fucked up it is that everybody just glorifies these these young stars like right. this that right. and they're and they're like the drug addictions that they speak to right. in their music. They start glorifying that right. shit and like think that that's it's like Juice World cool just died fuck, too, man. You know? and yeah, Lil dude. Peep and like you know, like there's like right. like it's it's not like this shit is common now. You know what I mean? It's an epidemic. Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, and that's the other th sad thing about about Mac specifically is that it seems like around the time of swimming it seems like he made swimming like in a sort of light of like triumph and like being past that not like being past that as much as as like he doesn't isn't like dealing with demons and shit but like he's not like talking about like getting faded in the same way that he's talking about it on his previous records, you know? Right. Like there's a distinct change in content. And I think a distinct change, like in him as a person, like come back to earth is a tune that's on this record. And it's on the Rayland, uh, record. We're going to, we're going to play the episode out with that. Okay, cool. Um, what is so sad to me is that he's like, 
I'll do anything for a way out of my head. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's, it's, rough. it's right there. It's right fucking there. Like, it is in a fucking song. The first song on your record that millions of people are listening to. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not even saying that anybody's at fault. You know what I mean? It's just like, what's, what's just, it's just sad. You know, you're just like, damn, dude. Like, no, you can hear man, him predicting this shit and you can hear him like in that rush hour tune he says relapse i eat that i don't complain you know what i mean like it's just so casual like you know you know i might overdose i might relapse i might kill too many brain cells i might whatever 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 it's all whatever like that was sort of the old mac and he was very explicit like he was very straight up about that in his music and then swimming it sort of was a new mac and after he dropped this I read that he was hanging out with his friends in Studio City in L.A., and then they all went home, and they woke up the next day, and he died. Like, he, like you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, it's dude, just fucking it's, sad. It's a fucking monster, man. Addiction is gnarly, and it's. Uh, I think it's really hard to understand from the outside absolutely man you know and and just like when it shows itself Mm -hmm. where you can't have somebody you know you think that that they're doing really well right you know and then maybe just one night right you know it's just uh it's like yo i gotta i'm gonna go do this thing and 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 yeah it's just hard it's hard to know what's going on but it, it is interesting the reference the amount of references mac makes to things like this and and that's why people were so into like the vulnerability that this dude shows right. throughout his catalog of music right. just taps into so many like universal like human things right and and these uh struggles these his observations struggle, yeah. to his his struggle and his reality um they're interesting man objects in the mirror he says you know you don't have to go and kill yourself right and, right and, you know right there's there's just all these these references throughout these the, the catalog. Right. Yeah, man, it's uh I yeah, man. It's just such a bummer, man. It's hard to speak about people in the past even if you didn't know them and you know, it, yeah. it shows that there is really a uh that like the shit's more than just entertainment. Like it makes profound emotional impacts on people. You know what I mean? definitely man and he's you know the impact of his music is definitely going to show itself i think in a few different genres absolutely for 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 many years to come absolutely and uh yeah it's definitely definitely one of those people that i'm i'm bummed that i never saw them perform yep totally especially when i hear about the energy he brought to the stage and you know even seeing his his tiny desk is really great um and it just seemed like there was not a lot of limits to where he was willing to go with his creativity and you know i think there's even like a few there's some cool songs on the circles record that was just released totally man which was he's like just half finished yeah you know yeah he's just well, doing his thing and and tapping into a lot right. of singing stuff and um i think that's one of the reasons I I was a tr- like really dug the Raylan Baxter interpretations of some of these songs is right. because Mac is not a bad singer, but he's by no means like a you know a 
super, right. you know, he doesn't have a crazy range. So you kind of get to hear that explored, I feel like, on the Raylan versions of, of a dude who really does have some range in this killer voice. So. What I noticed um, about this is that it showed off Max like songwriting. Oh, absolutely, dude. And I think it... Um, so we'll definitely get into how you feel about this thing overall. But like I, I think it does really show off Max songwriting. And I think it also, it bridges a gap in some way, you know? Like, there's going to be a lot of people that, you know, that maybe listen to Raylan Baxter that wouldn't maybe normally listen to Mac Miller and maybe, you know, have this as some sort of entry point to understand the songwriting. And I think even, even vice versa, when you hear somebody, like, doing this tribute record that maybe you don't know who he is and you check it out and to find out that it's it's really outside of his lane like this is not right. nor i mean like i i've gotten to see raylan baxter play live and it was honestly one of my favorite shows that i've seen in the last couple of years like his where was he at? his energy at, at doug fur nice. which is my favorite portland venue and right. you can this dude is just like he's an unreal like musician he's a insanely good guitar player he's a great songwriter his voice is so good his pops is a legend. Word. Who is Bucky it? Bucky Baxter. Bucky Baxter is this uh this lap steel player who played with like Bob Dylan. He's played with like everybody, dude. Cool. And he played on this record actually tight. with him. That's tight. Um so I love the bridging of the gaps there. And then I also just I just think this record sounds fucking phenomenal, dude. It's the quality is like, strong. It is, and it also, to me, just kind of sounds like really captures, like, a live feel like these these people just went into the studio and did these live sessions, and there weren't very many overdubs. Totally. Absolutely. I feel like it has very much that live energy feel, and that's, that's one of the things that it, I noticed and kind of really was drawn to right off the get-go. It kicks off with objects in the mirror. Right. Um, it feels right. But, yeah, man, how... How do you how do you feel about these interpretations of this songs? Because I know that like I don't know I don't know that you would normally really care for much of what Raylan does. Right. I don't think you think it, it's like bad music. I just don't know if you would. I wouldn't find myself care there. for much of it. Yeah, I wouldn't find myself yeah. there so much. Um, no, I, I I thought it was cool, man. I thought that. Uh, I appreciated that he didn't do like 85 fucking songs, you know, I appreciated that he no. just like kept it like he did like seven or eight. Yeah, it's 25 minutes. And one of them is just a like some sort of flip on it on a song, yeah, which is like, like not a minute long. Yeah. And I sort of was curious to see what he was going to do with brand name, because that's like one where he's like really rapping, you know. Um, so So it makes sense that he didn't do that. <laughs> but. It w- it would have been fun to see. Um, I think that no, I think that the tunes are good. I think that he did a good job. I mean, basically, it's like to me when I listen to this, it made me want to go listen to Mac. So yeah. that's like a good sign. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. Um, Same. I think that uh, objects in the mirror was really impressive to me and come back to earth the first and the last tune and all the tunes were great i mean we sent like they're all great um 
2009 is such an emotional tune for me too and when i heard that i had a hard time um finishing listening to it because i just wanted to go listen to the mac version because i was just like dude i you know that song i haven't listened to it for like a year and a half probably i sort of forgot it existed and then it was on this record and i was like what is this and i was like oh god it's this song and he performs that at the tiny desk man it's just like that that song is really the epitome of a sort of what i was talking about uh that song makes all this shit extra sad um i i think that i think that he does it justice so i was imp- i think I was he impressed. does it yeah. I think it's super tasteful, man. Totally, I do too. He's not. You know, he's not I don't over- think this is. He's not making it about himself. That's how I feel. No, I I completely agree, and um, I I love I like his approach to like Max flow. I like what he does with it. Right. Like, if you get it, if you get into uh, 2009, like around the 125 mark. Um, he starts getting into to some of the more flowing stuff, but he does a little more spoken word. And yeah, just his approach to it, I felt was like really cool what he offered to his interpretation of it. About to figure it out, we ice cold. That's what winter's about. And sometimes, sometimes I wish I took it, took a simpler route instead of when demons. That's as that's as big as my house. Have a ball with the dribble and bounce, 'cause the party ain't over till they're kicking me out. And, well, ain't it funny? We can make a lot of money, buy a lot of things, just to feel a lot of ugly. I was yeah, and the dude, the keys. The, the piano and shit on this record are like some of the best sounding keys I've heard on a record. There's so much feel and vibe to them. And I think that is like such a huge part of this record. Well, that's the thing, man. Uh, Max Music like really shines in a live band set, setting. Like that's why his Tiny Desk is so great. So yeah, it's dude. cool to hear it again. It's like guitar, vo- like this is a band. Like Mac, dude, Mac the guitar, has a band. Yeah, the guitar running in the back um, is just this really perfect tone that just cuts through, but it doesn't take up that much space at all. It's just like pure aesthetic and like atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It just adds so much, dude. The playing, the playing on this record is uh, is really great. Totally, totally agree. Um, should we get into a track and then we'll finish talking about it? Yeah, let's. Uh I definitely want to uh, play it out with Come uh, with Come Back to Earth. So maybe we do Objects in the Mirror. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Cool. This is the first track off of the, the Good Morning record from uh, Raylan Baxter, the tribute to Mac Miller. Tight. Tight. People love you when they on your mind Thought it's love's currency I've been thinking about her all the time Since somebody put together perfectly What would I have to do to call you mine? Someone like you is so hard to find 
You can open up your eyes, you can walk in blind Better hurry, I won't hurt you, don't you worry Listen to me, I'm gonna set you free He ain't gonna break your heart again Go to the words to reach the ecstasy When your imagination on pretend I never thought that it would feel this way Never taught me how to hear the pain I wish you caught me on a different day Easier to be happy Just a little taste and you know she got you Can you hide away? Can you hide away? Sound of silence as they all just watch you Kinda find it strange how the times have changed I wish we could go and be free once Baby, you and me, we could change the world forever And never come back again Let's leave it all in the rear view Cry, Mender, Mender Mender, broken heart if you can Don't expect you to be capable You've got the world right in your hand Responsibility is inescapable I promise that I'll be a different man Please give me the chance to go and live again I'm having trouble, can you give a hand? It seems perfection really is so unattainable Don't even say you're about to end it all Your life is precious, you don't need to go and kill yourself I'm not so sure that there's an end at all I wish the truth would just to go and reveal itself Who do you call to make it to the top? And who do you call to make the shooting stop? And who do you call to give the coupe a walk? After everything I did, I think I'm still myself Just a little taste and you know she got you Can you hide away? Can you hide away? Sound of silence as they all just watch you I kinda find it strange how the times have changed I wish we could go and be free once Baby, you and me, we could change the world forever And never come back again, let's leave it all dude i thought objects in the mirror is just like a great way to to jump into this record just to kind of like create the space of like hey this is what i'm gonna do with these songs so i'm gonna make them these really cool uh r&b type jams 
which they have so much of that already. He obviously did a great job of, of choosing. One of the things I did the last couple of days is I made a playlist of Max songs in this order. Right. Which was a cool totally. it was a cool way to listen to it. Totally. And I listened to it like that and then I I also took some listens where I would do I would listen to Raylan's version of Objects in the Mirror and then I would listen to Max's version right. and just kind of check out the differences. Um man, Small Worlds has that the organ on that track is super good. And that tune's great. I mean, that's another one where it's just like, dude, this is you just talk about songwriting, man. It's like Yeah. This is like some Beatles shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, dude. I recognize that here and on the track that we're going to play it out with. Yeah. Uh, definitely get those vibes. And just a lot throughout these songs. It's just kind of it's kind of crazy to, uh, you know, you're putting Max songwriting at that level. And I think that Raylan does do a cool job of kind of magnifying how good this songwriting is and how it can transfer you know, into this other genre and feel. Right. Um, and like you were, you were talking about authenticity, kind of over perfection earlier when we were talking about the meek stuff. And there's a moment on on Small Worlds at the 319 mark where Raylan's voice cracks like pretty good. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, dude, fuck yeah. He's just feeling it, and that is the thing that's gonna serve that moment the best because it's the it goes with that moment leave that know? shit in there it speaks to like the emotion of what he was feeling i think too mm-hmm. so yeah man i really dig this he all the pr- like i guess a majority or all of the proceeds are going to max like legacy fund which is this music cures thing which i i was like stoked to find that mm-hmm. it was very cool and what did you think of the brand name thing because this is just the one minute instrumental track it's cool man it was the first song i listened to because i was like dude he did brand name click and uh because this is like a five minute track from Matt. yeah with like a bunch of verses it's cool man i mean what it is to me is it's a moment of him like rayland is saying that he likes this song he's showing love to that song um, it meant enough to him to find a way to make it on the record. You know what I mean? Even though it's not the same type of singing type song that he, you know, is doing on the rest of the, the record. So, you know, I think that I appreciated it. It gave a nice little break too. I think interludes are just totally underused by musicians and 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 records and shit. Like, man, if you treat the the listening experience like it's a movie, like you're gonna want little or like a play, you're gonna want little like intermissions or like little moments to rest. You know what I mean? Little moments yeah, to like man. reflect or meditate on like whatever just happened. So to put this tune, you know, and it's after four tunes and there's two more after it, like. It makes sense. I, I I thought it was a really a really welcomed thing. You know, I think that the the flow of this record, like again, like if this record's forty five minutes, if this record's thirty six minutes, it's too long. You know, I think that this twenty eight minute, just really doing it justice, short and simple, uh, but genuine is is really the strong point of it. Yeah. I, and it's cool because I think that's very much a like 
Raylan is about those instrumental breaks and just like seeing his live show and how he treated that. Um, and, and just like the thoughtfulness of, of his lyrics as well, you know, it can be far out and spacey and kind of psychedelic at times. And I think, you know, it's, it's not always straight ahead with what he's saying. Like even that strange American dream, uh, when it gets to the breakdown. starts talking about dinosaurs and that how like life hasn't turned out the way he thought it would be when he was a kid you know right. and, and just painting with those different colors and shit is uh yeah man i don't know i would so i you know i obviously go into this as a Raylan baxter fan so i'm biased in in that way but it was just so cool to see his approach to these songs because i do know how much respect mac has in the music world and it was just it was like, whoa, Raylan's going to do this. I feel like he's going to do a really, a really great job and like in, in serving the songs and like making sure it was tasteful and not over the top. And like you said, it's about the songs and not really about Raylan Baxter at all. You know, I can't lie. When you told me that the record that you're giving me was, uh, all Mac Miller covers, I was just like, what? You know, yeah, you you are, should immediately be skeptical, <laughs> but like, you know, but yeah, but it uh, it hits. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably the intention and like, you know, it's the shit that's undeniable. You know, it's the same thing. It's the shit that comes through like for sure, man, even if it's not your cup of tea, like. I don't think he's doing them any harm. No, I think he like he he's going to introduce people to Mac in some way. And like you said, you listen to this and you want to listen to Mac's versions of them, mm-hmm. which is so which is so cool. Yeah, I think. And yeah, I'm stoked that you like found some appreciation for this because I know I knew it could go either uh, way. It could go either way, right. but I feel like it's pretty undeniable. Yeah, I mean, um, I listened to it and I was just like, I, yeah, all right. I I think it's a really enjoyable thing to listen to. Yeah. Absolutely. Like if you have this playing in the background, you know, like this is it's super it's a super laid back record. His version of Wii Man yeah. is fucking cool, dude. Totally. That's a that's a great version. Um, Baby, you can be mine. Yeah, dude, it's uh it's cool. I'm glad that you you uh found some appreciation for this and i also think it's so cool that like this is only his second release on ato records and and they and they were just like yeah let's fucking do it dude let's put this out you know in between your new releases and uh yeah i hope i i hope that moving forward that these songs are a part of his live set too that would be very cool man and i think i I don't see any reason why he wouldn't play one or two of these in a set you know if he's gonna take the time to put it out as a record yeah um yeah because i yeah i think i think these are just 
he did such a cool job with it and like cinderella is uh is a cool take on that song yeah because that's divine that's feminine. a track yeah that's on divine feminine ty dollar sign right is uh featured on that track and it's cool because that's an eight minute song from mac miller right and Raylan does the last two and a half minutes of right, it or so, right, or three. Right. Yeah, he starts in with that little interlude that starts playing in the back, and you know makes it like this shorter. It just shows you these song. moments of musicality that like it's the same thing with brand name. It's like you might not realize because it's a more, it's a different tune than the way that he's showing it. But like there are songs within the songs in Mac Miller's music, yeah. and. For sure. That's that's what this is showing, you know? Yeah, that whole back section could be its own song. Exactly. That could have been another track on that Mac Miller record. And he like that's the the point of entry he decides for it and, and adds all those orchestral vibes to the tune. Right. With all the string work and everything, dude. It's yeah, just the this record sonically is, is just like so fucking cool to listen to. It's warm it's and it's cozy. So goddamn good. Yeah. And it's sad, man. Sad record. It is. Come back. It's heavy. Come back to earth is. Uh, as we'll you know, after, we'll, we'll play it out for you guys in a few minutes here. But that's the. Uh, that's the one, man. That's an amazing yeah. tune. I remember when I first listened to Swimming, I was like, damn, wow. Wow. This is your opening track. All right. Wow. Yeah. And you spoke to swimming as being like, you know, very much this leap from mm -hmm. watching movies with the sound off and Max's most recent release before he passes. And that's where three, three of the tracks on this good morning come from swimming. You know, the, it's the one that is most referenced, um, on this record. And, yeah, dude, that's such a killer. That song is so amazing. You know, Max version is is incredible. I do love and Max think, version, man. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this is a beautiful version. I do think it's a. I think that. I think that come back to earth is uh, the. It's my favorite tune on this Rayland record. I think it's the one he does the most justice to. Yeah. Well, just his singing ability, dude, is. Yeah is so fucking good and also just like sh shout out to fucking max lyricism man and it's not oh it's yeah. not overly poetic but it's just perfectly relatable you know what i mean yeah. it's not like bob dylan like fucking whatever overwritten literary shit it's like it's it's just like dude like it's, it's observations it's, it's, yeah it's observations introspection and it's hitting the nail on the head it's just undeniable again yeah well i'm definitely glad that we you know took a lot of time to talk about mac in this episode r.i.p mac miller man crazy shit yeah crazy absolutely shit. um definitely don't do drugs that are don't 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 do those crazy <laughs> drugs, okay? Yeah, be be safe. Be safe. Be out smart. There with the drugs, you know. It's a it's a it's a uh, as big of an advocate as I have become for certain certain things like psychedelics here and there. I, d I do just acknowledge that it's a it's a slippery slope. You got to be careful with that shit. Yeah, you got to know where um, you're coming from when you're doing everything you're doing. Don't let the uh, do the drugs. Don't let the drugs do you. You know. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, dude, I'm glad that I'm glad that we did this record. This is this is one that came out in 2019 and uh, was was just this really cool collection of tunes that I thought paid tribute to Mac in a really uh, a really tasteful way. And it's definitely one that sits in my uh, my vinyl collection. Word. Uh, along with the uh, a couple of the other Raylan records, so um, if you're if you're new to Raylan Baxter, I, I definitely encourage you to check out how different his more singer songwriter stuff is from this too, because I think you grow a different appreciation for what he does here mm-hmm. when you check out that other stuff for sure. Because it's nothing like this. Also, make a make a Mac Miller playlist of these songs in this order. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, is a is a cool way to listen to of just the the ones that he chose and uh, to hear the differences as well some of the sections that are uh that are missing from the Raylan record um i'll put all the links though in the episode notes so so people can find all this shit and um before we reveal our picks for next for the next volume of this thing do you have any uh closing words about any of these records no nah, man, go listen to them, go buy them, support artists. It's a crazy time, no shows. Yeah, especially man. right now yeah. for sure. Go, go buy records, um, please. You got that twelve G's from from Donnie Fuckhead? Oh, sorry, twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. <laughs> it's not twelve. If G's. only it was twelve G's, <laughs> dude. If it was twelve G's, <laughs> so sick. Yes. Yeah. I need my fucking unemployment to go through, dude. God damn it. Um. um yeah. Go also, buy. Go buy some records for real, and go share shit up on instagram and like everything makes a difference also i feel like high pulp put a a new release out pretty recently did we and yeah you did oh right you put out some new music in the last few weeks or so honestly dude um the last like basically the last like six weeks have been such a blur of just being in the house I yeah. don't I don't know when they release. Yo, check it out. Too. Check it out. I just wanna let you know that the other day, um, my my uh, my big time homie Trent, um, who you know just sent me this message. Trent. Love Trent. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, he sent me this message and he he just sent me a screenshot of the Apple Jazz hey. uh, playlist, <laughs> you know? And and it had high pulp on there, and he and and I knew that because you you guys had uh, high pulp had had mentioned right. that had happened, and, and I knew that, but I know Trent checks in on that that playlist pretty regularly, and he sent me a picture, and, and he was like, "Dude, check it out, your cousin's band's on this playlist," and I was just like, "Yeah, dude, it's really sick the the company that they are in on that playlist." So, uh, I love uh, Trent. I want to be I want to be good friends with Trent, man. Well, when quarantine's over, I know that he would love to join us for some of these record discussions, like certain ones for sure. I would love to have Trent on. Uh, I looked up when we released something. Yeah, we did release something um, March 20th. Yeah, so about a month ago, uh, your band, one of your bands, High Pulp, put out um, some some new material. So I'll put the link for High Pulp in there as well and the Sun King experiment that people should also check out as well because Rob is, uh, you know, He's he's incredible. Also sitting around on a computer a lot of the time. He does his thing. Um, let's talk about what we're going to uh, bring these fine folks for volume three of I Dig Records. I'm gonna fucking do it, dude. 
We're going Phil I'm Collins. Going, or I'm doing Phil Collins, bro. Hell yeah. We're um, doing no jack or required. I'm fucking doing it, man. I uh I can't I can't hold out, you know? I, I gotta I gotta see. I gotta see what everybody's talking about. What all these fucking um, baby boomers and whatever your generation is that overlap. Whoa, dude. No, I know whoa, you're not a boomer, um, but what what's your generation? What's the one before millennials? I'm a millennial, dude. No, come on. It's crazy, no, right? Not. Yeah, I am. Check the dates. Millennials go deep. All right, whatever. Well, you're like a cusp thing that is like between things. Yeah, I think so. we're like Gen Y or something. Yeah. I don't know. Your generation and boomers love Phil Collins, and I can never get over the drum sounds, but I did some reading today, and one of the reviews Dude. of this record was that Phil Collins was um, influencing and revolutionizing what it means to be a to have or what the role of drums are in pop music so Fucking right he did yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to that with those ears because i'm a drummer so you know i'm curious um i also just want like I'll, I'll make a lot of references next week and i'll talk about where i come from with this phil collins stuff and why it's near and dear to my heart um but he's also just been a part of a lot of a lot of incredible projects like brand x Okay. Is this crazy prog project, and I'll send you what he was a part of there. Okay. But I'm stoked we're doing Phil Collins. Um, just a C, reminder, we're, you know, we're doing this 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 random pick Madden kind style. Of thing. Madden, we we call it Madden style. Because I gave me throw each other. You gave me Phil three records. Phil Collins, Bobby Womack, and Midlake. Yep. And uh, we're finally going to dig into Phil Collins. So No Jacket Required coming at you, Volume 3. 1985. Yep, 1985, release my birth year. Birth year. So that's also sick. Um, What records did I give you, Kazo? So you gave me Stretch Music from Christian Scott. And there's someone else that collaborates on that, yeah? Uh, I feel like in the title when I I searched it. uh, Elena Pendergrass. uh, She's a flautist. I forget her. Pender. So you hit me with like a bunch of jazz stuff. Under Hughes, some shit. Yeah, yes, maybe it's so stretch stretch music from Christian Scott. Um, sweet for Max Brown by Jeff Parker. And then uh, Universal Beings from Micaiah McCraven. Yep. Wow, dude, it's yeah. Sorry to jump back to stretch music. It's introducing uh, Elena Penderhughes, and she is currently nineteen years old. So when this record came out, she was like 14 or 15, dude. <laughs> That's wild, man. She's the flautist. That's fucking um, crazy. Holy shit. So I think I want to do all these records at some point. I'm really into the idea of doing that. But what I have chosen is the uh, the Jeff Parker Sweet for Max, Sweet Brown. For Max Brown. All right, dude. Yeah. Yep. So I'm stoked about that, and I kind of chose that because I quickly perused each one mm-hmm. um, after you gave me the options. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the most recent. This, well, the second track on it has a flip on Otis Redding's "Happy Song," mm-hmm. and I fucking love that song. So I, I was just, I was into that, and then the opening track has a really nice female vocal that I was into. So I'm, I'm stoked to uh, dive into. To that Jeff Parker, Sweet for Max Brown record. Jeff Parker. On volume three. From Chicago. Um, International Anthem Records, also from Chicago. The most uh, killing and happening 
jazz record label right now really i think that i can think of just cutting edge shit all from most not all from but based in chicago makai mccraven the record i also gave you that's also on international anthem um yeah jeff parker was in the band tortoise i don't know if you know tortoise um but he was the guitarist in that um is the guitarist i don't know i don't really listen to tortoise much um but yeah man that record's cool i'm excited to listen to it it has a lot of different colors and a lot of different vibes it's it it really reminds me of like a sun king release in the way that it sort of jumps around and is sort of like vignette based you know what i mean it's like mood Mm -hmm. mood mood um but uh they're just longer tunes with more improvisation. It's like a little bit more of a true jazz record. Um, Dope. But that's a it's it's a it's a it's a heavy record, man. Well, we're coming at it with uh, again two pretty different records, so I, I like that. They could not and, be more different. Um, so we'll dive into that on volume three. If you want to, uh, you know, shoot an email to at Dan. Uh, to dancablepresents at gmail.com or just shoot, shoot like a, a DM to one of us about like maybe a record you want to you want to dive into on this podcast yeah. I'm open for that too we love the listeners here we are get some community yeah we want to we want to know thing. what you guys think after you listen to us talk about shit for two hours and yeah after we get uh, a few more episodes deeper maybe I'll start putting together a playlist of the, the full songs that we feature yeah that'd be dope do like a collection of tunes but uh yeah support these uh these records if you if you like what you heard you know purchase yourself some something from one of these these artists and uh inside voices records that's your 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 record label too you should shout that out shout out hell yeah put that in the links follow that up but i was thinking the other day about something and it led to me having a question for you and i was thinking about how i just really dig records and it made me think oh my cousin dan i think he likes music and shit but do do you dig records i dig records bro (laughs) hell yeah dig records bro (laughs) hell yeah oh man that's it everybody that's it everybody we're we're taking you out with um Come back to Earth. Come back to Earth by Mac Miller in its original composition. And this is uh this is Raylan Baxter's interpretation on that. Be safe, uh, everybody. Be safe. His good morning record. Keep it together out there. Wear a goddamn mask and wash your hands. <laughs> good shit, man. That was fun. My regrets look just like text I shouldn't send. I got neighbors, they're more like strangers, we could be friends. I just need a way out of my head. I'll do anything for a way out of my head. In my own way, I feel like living some alternate. I was drowning, but now I'm swimming.
stressful waters and to relieve yeah, all the things I do. Spend a little time in hell. And what I won't tell you, I'll probably never even tell myself. But don't you know that the sunshine don't feel right when you're inside all day? I wish it. Was a nice out, but it looked like rain. Gray sky, I'm drifting, not living forever. They told me it only gets better. Well, my regrets look just like texts I should never send. I got neighbors, they're more like strangers. We should be friends. But I just need a way out of my head. I'll do anything for a way out of my head.